Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Welcome back, everyone, to the 19th Aspire Mailbag with my good friend, Teach Better teammate, the COO and the co-founder of Teach Better, Jeff Gargas. Are we sure it's 19? I, I'm uh, not super confident in our ability to know that it's 19. I'm not going to lie. I was extremely <laughs> confident in that number. That's why I said it that way because I knew. Okay. Well, all right. Well, welcome to the 19th. I'm excited to be here for the 19th. I'm like 90% sure that it's the 19th. <laughs> okay. You're 90% <laughs> sure now. Uh, I'm at least 80, at least 60%. It's more than 50, so I'll take it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely more than 30%. <laughs> it just keep, keeps getting lower. Well, Whatever, we're here, we're back. We're Let's back. Do it. And it's just the two of us, which is kind of weird. We've had guests. Yeah, so you know, we, we kind of took the bar up a few notches, and now. Yeah, we got to drop it down. Bring it back down. Yep. Um, we've had some really awesome people joining us. So, like, what, what gives? Why do we think there were enough? You know, it's really not about me. It's about uplifting Jeff Gargas and his greatness. I, That's really what this I, is all about. I thought you were going to say there's just no one wanted to come back on with me. That was the problem. <laughs> We've scared everyone else away. Everybody got wiser. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. So for those who may not have listened to our other mailbags, which if you haven't, make sure you go to the first one because then it'll make all the sense in the world. But if you're the first time listener to the Aspire mailbag, we reach out to you, the listener, and ask for leadership questions via Twitter, Instagram, and Boxer. And in the past episodes, we have answered anywhere between three and five leadership questions. And so for tonight, me and Jeff are going to answer three questions from some amazing educators. So are you ready for the first one, buddy? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. First one's an awesome question from Chris Legler, and he is a part of the Aspire Voxer group, and he just brings so much amazing content to that group. Um, His question is, the phrase about leadership is, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. The question is, can school leaders measure their level of influence or impact to ensure they are developing leaders? That's a uh, classic John Maxwell quote, isn't it? I know. Is that 21 Irrefutable Laws? Is that? I don't know. I think it is. I don't know. He's written a lot of stuff about leadership. We'll we'll call it that one. Sure. So the question is, how can? How can school leaders measure their level of influence to ensure they are developing leaders? That's a good question. I I mean, I think deep. I mean, when you think about, you know, like when when we talk about that, like how leadership is influenced, folks, and I think if, if I'm thinking of the correct, the correct thing with John Maxwell, where it goes is the fact that like leadership isn't a title, isn't mm-hmm. something that's like just that given to you and like you have to earn it through and, and it comes down to your ability to influence people um, and your ability to get them to follow you by leading. And by and then he talks a lot about investing in people, giving them your time, that type yep. of stuff, right? So I think when you talk about like how you measure it, I mean, for me, any kind of measurement of what kind of leaders you're building is, is if you look at it from a leader standpoint, is how many people are you building up that are excelling past you, mm-hmm. right? How many Definitely. are you lifting off and launching like that? You know, yep. it's it's one of your favorite things that a leader should be, and this is going to sound funny, but it honestly, should be when when your people leave you, quote unquote. Yep. Unless they're obviously their leadership position is in a is is in a spot within your within your space, within your school, your district, whatever, they don't have to. But the idea is like, it's okay when people leave because that means you built them to where they needed to be, where they could take that launch and they don't need you necessarily anymore because you've you built them there. So I think that's one way you measure it. I think a, a way to measure your influence is, is, I don't know if this is too simplified or whatever, but like, 
Are people following you? You put an idea out, do you have to convince them that it's a an idea they should at least consider? Or are they you know, are they gonna follow you because they believe in you, they know that you're connected, they, they they've been influenced in a positive way by you, so that they're gonna follow you through that. So some of that could be some of that measurement is could be looking at like how much pushback do you get when you bring ideas, when you mm-hmm. challenge your people. Um, and then also like how are they growing are do you have leaders coming out of your for better lack of a better term out of your command right out of yeah. your space whatever that is whether that's a building a district a, uh, whatever a business whatever it is like are there people coming from your leadership going on to whatever it is that they're trying to get to the next step up mm-hmm. um you know so unfortunately i feel like outside of that one a lot of it is sort of going to be subjective as far as how you measure it yeah for sure. A lot of it's going to be like, you know, when you lead, do they follow you? And, and do they follow you because they believe in you and they trust you and they and they respect you, or do they follow you because they're scared to lose their job? You know, what right. I always say is, people follow bosses because they're afraid to lose their job. People follow leaders because they're afraid to lose their respect. Yep. Um, and I think that's that's influence. Yeah. And I'm thinking just as far as opportunity, are you providing opportunities to your aspiring leaders, and are they taking action when you provide those opportunities? Oh, that's a great point, Josh. Yeah, because there's so many times that you may give opportunities, but if they're not, if they're not jumping through the challenges or whatever that you're laying at their feet, then are you really providing that influence to those aspiring leaders? If you throw out those opportunities, yeah, and they're not taking them, yeah, that's a that's a clear that's a great point. That's a clear sign that that they're that you're not putting the right kind of influence, at least on them. Right, you're always influencing them, whether positive or negative is a whole other story. So. Exactly. Like, that's a that's a great point and a little more calculated than my you know trust your gut how's it feel thing no but it is subjective there is a feel right it is it really is you know as the school year goes on you're not tallying up all the opportunities that you're providing but you do get a sense Mm -hmm. like okay you know this this person's reached out and said they want to become a leader but by the end of the year i can only think of maybe one or two things that they actually did and stepped up and took the opportunity to to get that experience to be a leader versus another person that's beating down the door <laughs> to say can I do something else or hey I got this idea are you okay with me taking on this challenge and that's that's very different and it's not like you have a data sheet of all of the times these people are taking advantage of the opportunity but you definitely know who's taking action and who is still in their classroom you know doing what they're yeah. they're always doing and, yeah. and not that they're bad teachers or anything but as far as a, developing as a leader it is somewhat subjective in the sense that I have a better feeling of this person because I see them and they're they're hungry. They want to make the same influence that hopefully you are on that campus. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, you ready for the second one? Let's do it. So we got our new teach better ambassador leader alex yeah alex valensic the fighting pretzels (laughs) his question is what do you think of aspiring leaders applying for positions for which they meet the qualifications even though it could be viewed as skipping some of the traditional steps and his example was for instance central office administration before serving at the building level as an administrator so essentially jumping from classroom teacher to to central office instead of going through your typical mm-hmm. uh, assistant principal, principal, whatever. So right. this is, I'm interested to hear your take on this. Um, I always, th- these types of questions, I always, I'm always curious to see if my 
take is different because I've never been a classroom teacher. I've never gone through that that process. Sure. For me, it's I totally get and respect the the process of going through those, and I think you can learn so much by going through there and not skipping the steps. Mm-hmm. However, if the leadership that is bringing you up is self-aware enough, team-aware enough, and building the right culture, one, that shouldn't matter. And two, if your skill set isn't suited for a system principal or principal position, and the only reason you were going to go through those positions was because you're supposed to, that's a horrible reason for you to be there. But if your skills, your talents, your passions are suited for that particular central office position, then yeah, you should go there because there's probably someone else that's going to be better in the assistant principal position, better in the curriculum director, well, I guess that's central office, uh, yeah. better in the coach position, better in, in the uh, principal position, everything like that. So I think that is far more important while still recognizing the the level of value that you would get by going through those positions. Mm-hmm. But there are many central office positions that I don't believe require you to understand firsthand knowledge of a of what it's like to be a principal. Not that that wouldn't help, just saying that you don't have to have it. So I think it really depends on the position, the individual person, the culture of the school slash district, uh, and your individual uh, skills and, and what they need. I mean, mm-hmm. that's an important piece. So where are you at? Where do you land on that? Yeah, I'm with you completely, Jeff. But I also know the the political and bureaucracy side of education Absolutely. also. And so most often it is a traditional route where you're going from teacher to dean of students yeah. to assistant principal and so on, right? And as you're going up the ladder, if you will. But I also know, you know, doing the podcast and interviewing so many different leaders that there is so many different paths to get to the admin building. And if that's something that you feel like, you know, you're aspiring to be in that position, I will let you know right now, there are so many people that have bypassed the the admin route to get to that building and so that is not a qualification in a lot of districts and i'm with you jeff if your skill set is that you're going to be successful in that position and that's what's best for that organization then by all means then that should happen and i feel and i feel by by saying that you're supposed to go the traditional route Mm -hmm. which is assistant principal principal and then district you're doing like one like yeah it might not be the right fit but also now you're like you're we're all just agreeing or making this decision that suddenly central office is more important right than the principal and system principal like the, and, and this has been something with the system principal spot for a long time i know yep. dave schmidt did a, this is like his dissertation was around this was like this fact that like when why did the assistant principal become this stepping stone when there's yep. so many assistant principals who love that because the interaction they get to have and the things that they get involved with that a principal doesn't right mm-hmm. and there's people who love being a principal who don't like being an assistant principal and who never want to go to central office and yep. so instead of downplaying the importance of those positions because we're trying to get to central you know what i mean like i, yeah. I think that's that's the, the the issue we get into and you know i i don't know if assistant principal putting the word assistant in front of it so it doesn't it sounds secondary versus mm-hmm the primary if that's the problem or what it is but we have this mindset that like it's not like those are crucial roles that should never be looked at as stepping stone correct and so if you're looking at your principalship as a stepping stone to be in a superintendent or whatever you're trying to get to like i I disagree with that that logic so easier said than done oh completely so but the but you're right though the position is so different like the the assistant principal job is nothing like any other job within the district yeah and and I will say for Alex, like and for anyone that is skipping from let's say a teacher to the admin building or assist principal to the admin building, 
whenever you get in that position, I will say that you have to understand that you are going to, behind the scenes, have people talk about you in a negative way because you have skipped those positions. Like, oh, that person was never a principal. And saying that in almost to almost cutting like you don't have all the knowledge because you haven't gone through position a Mm -hmm. b and c before you got to the admin building which goes in line with what you were saying jeff like it probably shouldn't be that way but however like it's skipping is like a negative to that yeah well one people are gonna they're gonna have some people that are gonna attack negative no matter what because that's just the way people work but my thing is like the, I think it's really clear like the knowledge and the value of going through those positions. But to just assume that someone is not ready for Correct. this position because they haven't gone through this, to me, does it? Mm-hmm. You don't need to be a principal to get. The, and again, this is me talking not having gone through there. But to say that that means that they're not going to be good at that, that may right. that person may have been born to to play that role in your yep. district. And I think that's what we need to look at. But yeah, I mean, you're going to have that, and but you're going to have that potential negative talk no matter what. You sure. could do, you could go exactly how you're supposed to, spend more time in every position than you were supposed to, and get there. And some people are still going to do that, and that's just kind of what it is. But sure. um, I, I think you know a lot of it, we kind of touched back to that first question, like your whole way up, however you go, whether you skip or not, whatever. Focus on the positive influence that you're having on people and the reasons you're you're moving through, and and hopefully your district looking like are people following you? Are they willing mm-hmm. to? Follow you or they're willing to have conversations with you because that means you're leading the proper way so yep couldn't agree more good question all right we're on to question number three cruising i like it i like cruising it. all right this one's from michelle papa and her question is if you are in a new leadership position what should you do in the first 90 days Ooh, michelle good question mm-hmm. hi michelle by the way <laughs> michelle's awesome first 90 days so I think outside of the obvious ones of like, you know, like learn the ins and outs of your job, mm-hmm. right? Don't panic. I think a huge one that I th- is, is crucial is build relationships. Yep. I think a lot of people feel like when they get into a new leadership role that they have to like, they have to make a splash. They have to like come yep. in there and change things. They got to, you know, make, make their mark, make their name, whatever you want to call it. In depending on the political space, you may need to. Um, you know your district whatever but for me it's go build the relationships really really obviously do your job figure out the ins and outs the logistics everything like that but really focus on building those relationships because one that's going to build your ability to influence two it's going to lessen that negative talk that we talked about three it's going to give you a whole lot of insight Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't get if you just stay in your office or focus on nothing but the the logistical day-to-day tasks that you have having those conversations with people and like going and talking to them letting them know that like given the, I, I'm, I'm 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 like remembering a lot of this book but like john c maxwell i'm pretty sure I, i'm pretty sure now that it is 21 irrefutable laws when he talks about influence he talks about one of the best ways to get influence is by giving them time yeah invest in the people right yeah. so as soon as you get in a leadership position go do that invest them so they know hey look hey i got this new position and the first thing i wanted to do was come talk with you mm-hmm. i want to hear what you think I want to hear from you how I can be better for you or how I can be better for them, you know, for the whole, for the whole school. So build relationships is what I would say is should be a huge focus in the first 90. Yeah. So my last district, we had a brand new superintendent come in and he said something that stuck with me and still to this day is he said, you, you don't knock down a fence until you figure out why it was built. I like that. That phrase always stuck with me in the sense that like whenever I was in a new building for the first time, my main goal not only was to build relationships because that is number one, Jeff. I agree, 
but I also wanted to know like why the systems were in place before I changed them. And unfortunately, I made the mistake early in my leadership career is, oh, that's not how I did it in my last position or my last campus, so we're gonna change it. And then after I would change it, figuring out, okay, there was a reason why it was built the way it was, in which case, now I'm having to backtrack and put the things that were already in place back in place because I messed it up. And so, you know, that's the main thing is like when you're getting into a new campus, you have to understand why everything is set up the way it is. There's a history there. There's a community that was probably very different than what you're used to. And there's a group of teachers that have experienced so many different things that you may not have experienced. For myself, going from an affluent school community to a Title I school, like the systems, every single thing about that campus was different. And it was set up for a different population and different needs. And not to say one was better than the other, but I just didn't understand it. And so like for the first 90 yeah. days, I was learning a new position. I was learning about new needs within the, the community and the neighborhoods. And then also like why things were put together the way they were. Like for instance, just simple things like morning routines of where kids are sitting before they go to class or, you know, late bus tutorials, you know, why those systems, yeah. you know, things like that. Things you don't even think about in a normal day. You really have to like dig into that and figure out, okay, why was that fence built in the first place? And then from there, and I wouldn't even say 90 days, it took me a full year <laughs> to really like truly understand everything sure. about that campus and to have like good solid relationships where i can make suggestions and have that influence like we talked about because no one's going to do anything for you unless they trust you right and so i would say those 90 days is building relationships understanding the systems and then making sure that you're growing trust so that way you can make a greater impact and that may go well beyond it will probably most Absol definitely yeah. go longer than 90, 90 days, days. <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah good question though and michelle by the way michelle is a brand new ambassador that's right yes congratulations so alex michelle. is a is one of our one of our founding ambassadors now a lead ambassador michelle's a brand new we just brought on 31 new ambassadors that's incredible 31 ray and i just wow. were doing a podcast and in between our, our two podcasts tonight we got to jump into the first uh hang out with the new new ambassadors which is fun but 31 new ambassadors so michelle's awesome love having her in the family she's also on the aspire voxer group and she is fantastic yes that kind of leads me to my next question which is what is new with the teach better team well we just brought on 31 new ambassadors so that's new um <laughs> that we're is just new. super excited Let's see what else is going on so we're getting ready to wrap up our building a grid live series which has been going on every tuesday night at 8 p.m eastern time with chad ostrowski uh where he's literally just building a grid with an educator every week and that has been incredibly well received mm -hmm. that is ending on april 13th that final episode is really cool so we've got administrator view from there so looking at it how do you look through how do you look at this through a an administrator's mindset and administrator's oh, viewpoint yes. so Great way to wrap that up. Uh, we got the Focus on the Focus series, which starts on April 7th. Yep. So that's starting real quick. And then we have the 12 hour live, which is on Saturday, April 24th. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, a, I think that's enough for right now. Uh, so yeah, April giveaway, building build the grid is wrapping up and then everything from building the grid, you build, you always be able to go get it like on all the different channels. We're also, mm -hmm. it's going to be put into a free course on the uh, Teach Better Academy. So you can go get all, all the weeks in a row and focus on the focus coming, which is Dave Schmidt and Kaylin Giordano focusing in on the focus of Great in an assessment and feedback. It's going to be really good conversations. Uh, that's going to happen every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. 
Then the 12-hour live, which is on Saturday the 24th, which will go from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern time. 12 hours of free PD. We've got a whole bunch of awesome segments all throughout the day. Some really cool people dropping in and out. We haven't announced all those people yet, so I'm not going to say it yet. <laughs> but there's some some really cool people jumping yes. in. And a lot of really awesome prizes to give away and stuff, too. So I think that's it. Everything over Can't at teachbetter.com. Yes. And... And we just added two more podcasts, the Teach Better Podcast Network. We did. We yes. did. So that's twelve. Also, like the, the hottest things on the market right now, all the Aspire swag over at teachbetterswag.com. Uh, that's over there as well. So awesome. good stuff. Well, Jeff, as always, I appreciate you so much. Thank you for bringing so many wonderful answers for our aspiring leaders. Appreciate you, brother. <laughs>